Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. I'm James. And I am Michael. I forgot I was here. Did you see that? I forgot (laughs) I was here. Haven't been here for a while, so... I haven't he was been just... here, and I'll be gone again. So I'm like a ghost has kind of magically visit you randomly every other week. Yeah, it's like you you thought for a second you were listening to the podcast. You're like, oh, I'm excited to listen in this week, and then no, I'm actually on it. I was. I, I've been listening in. You, you two have been doing a phenomenal job. Obviously, I am just I'm just here for no real reason. Let's just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's always nice when all three of us can be together. Um, so obviously, anytime you get to to be on, it's it's great. So it's yeah. nice when we get to do it this way. Yeah, whenever I'm not on the podcast, I just sit here and I look at my plushy detective Pikachu who has a frowny, sad face. And I'm like, that's what I look like right now. Yeah, you're I making a whole safe face. <laughs> it's, it's probably my favorite, favorite plushy from Pokemon series that I ever have. I do have a Grocky, which is like cool because I love the Grokster, you know, but this Detective Pikachu, it's just look, it's like so sad. And I'm just like, Aww. when I'm down, I could be Detective Pikachu right now. So it makes me smile. So <laughs> it's great. Ah, well, I'm glad you all are doing fantastical. Uh, we have a great week of news ahead of us because it's kind of like a kind of a sad like all like the first half of this podcast is going to be all sad and negative it's very and then it's detective pikachu plushy <laughs> it really is yeah. it's like it's like come on pikachu get out of that Aww. puddle they just don't don't sit in the puddle it's cold it's wet <laughs> uh, well let's jump into the news we have two new articles related around the coronavirus uh first and foremost we hope that um you know everyone out in uh wuhan and china and everyone that is affected is able to, you know, get through this uh, epidemic and across the world, because now that it's a truly um, a global um, uh, virus that's going on, uh, we've been tracking it here and there. We know that uh, it's obviously affecting a lot of people's lives. It's also going to be starting to affect a lot of production that is going on. And that is because a lot of production of games, hardware, software, game cartridges, electronics, things, everything is kind of built in China comes from China. Sometimes, you know, parts are coming from China assembled here. But if you get these delays into the pipeline, it affects people, it affects products, um, it affects everything. Uh, And two news articles are capturing that. And and this, I believe, will not be the first that we see of of, uh, this coronavirus really tackling Mm -hmm. consumer issues, too. And the first one is that Outer Worlds, which I've been pretty hyped for and we've been skeptical of even coming to the switch is now delayed on the switch because of the coronavirus outbreak. Um, Virtuous, uh, the team working behind the game port, they need more time to finish it because the office is closed. Um, if you've watched any of the videos of Wuhan or some of the surrounding regions, uh, everything's closed. Like it's just closed uh, in general. So total lockdown, everyone's staying inside, which makes sense. It's a, you know, it's an outbreak. So you want to not you know, spread things. I've watched a lot of movies. I understand how outbreaks work and, <laughs> and, and uh, it's there, right? So the team is safe and, and sound though. So all good news, very positive. They released a statement here. Um, so that's really, really great and good to hear. So our, our, our hearts go out to, to them and everybody uh, who's affected um, by the virus. Um, uh, so good news there. They have announced that they're releasing a physical version uh, as well. Um, no launch date set yet because they don't know when they're going to get back to work. So there's that, um, you know, so so again, hearts goes out to them. But Outer Worlds coming at some point in the future. 
Uh, and that's okay. You know, it's okay. It's okay not to, to, to have it come out. Yeah. Health and safety is more important than a video game. Yes. Always. Number yeah. one. <laughs> that's what we tell you. know, when you do, when you watch all these, uh, all the gamers do like the 24 hour, you know, game jams and stuff like that. Like always oh, health and safety first. I remember I was, we were, we were doing the, the play for Planned Parenthood, uh, 24 hour stream. And oh, yeah. And I fell asleep, like standing up playing Legend of Zelda. <laughs> I was like, all right, I need to go to bed here. Um, that was yeah. pretty good. Link just kept walking <laughs> off a cliff. It was pretty epic. <laughs> I think I fell asleep while we were playing one of, uh, what was it? Uh, Death Death Road to Canada or something like that. I was oh, nodding yeah. off. Yeah, yeah I, I would love to do that again, actually. It would be fun to do it for the dispatch, but um, it was fun, but it was it was exhausting. I, I don't remember being up for 24 hours being so hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's truly <laughs> Once you get old, that's hard. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, another delay in the pipeline is going to be the super minty fresh Animal Crossing Switch bundle. Uh, obviously, production takes place in China, like all the other Switches where they're produced. Now, I will say that Nintendo, I believe, also opened up manufacturing plants outside of China. And a lot of other companies have as well due to taxes and things like that happening in the, the U.S. Uh, however, this one is being produced in China and the shipments of the new system are going to be pushed back. So it's supposed to come out already. And now the pre-order date is to be decided. Uh, so that's kind of uh, kind of crazy. And in fact, we're seeing other game delays too, such as production of Ring Fit Adventure and other hardware are being um, pushed back and, and slower shipments because unless orders were placed, it's a double whammy here because there was New Year, um, Chinese New Year, and if you've done any production, I've done production in the past in China uh, when I worked at a few of my past companies. And you have to schedule all of your hardware months ahead of time because Chinese New Year hits and then sort of Chinese uh, manufacturing shuts down for like a month uh, in general. So so that's what's going to happen here. Unless those orders were already in the crates and ordered ahead of time, they're, they're going to start to see further shipping delays. So. Uh, the longer it lasts, the more impact you'll see. And th- we're not seeing initial impact because people were ordering for uh, Chinese New Year. Uh, and then now that's going to go past it. So, so that's sort of what you're seeing there. Yeah, absolutely. I Take the time. Do what you got to do. Stay healthy. I'm, for one, super excited for Outer Worlds. I'm super excited about those new beautiful Joy-Cons for the uh, for Animal Crossing. I Obviously, I wouldn't be getting the Switch, but the fact that they're selling those separate, I mentioned it, I think, last week. I definitely want those new beautiful Joy-Cons for my mm-hmm. collection. Minty fresh. Minty fresh. Love mm-hmm. it. That reminds me, too. I was reading about the Joy-Cons. They're only being sold in Japan separately. So I don't know if we can actually get them because I think you have to live in Japan. I've heard people say mixed things. I, I don't think Nintendo's confirmed or denied any of it. So it's not really clear if we can even get them, which super bummed me out. <laughs> well, I but, mean, if yeah. they're sold, what was it that we also looked at last a uh, couple weeks ago? Something that was sold. Plushies or something, right? The on plushies, Amazon? I believe. Yeah, but it was sold something. on like the Nintendo Japan Amazon and you could have it shipped. Yeah. So in theory, if they do something similar, you could have it shipped here to the States. Let's hope they're just sold locally. That would be nice as well. But if not, I don't see why it wouldn't work if you had it shipped from Japan to the States and then, you know, then you have it anyway. So I, yeah. I, there's going to be a way to get it. I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to get our If our we can't get them, those. it's going to be a clear oversight on, on Nintendo's part because people everybody it, yeah. just, it's... yeah, people have, many people have said that they just want the Joy-Cons. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see what happens. 
So the next little bit of news is equal parts good, but also like following the Detective Pikachu sad face sort of news that we have going on. <laughs> is it Detective Pikachu because the FBI was involved? <laughs> they're, they're actual detectives? I was going to make that segue. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> so, yes, twenty since 2016, apparently the FBI has been tracking this hacker. I'm gonna not going to say his name because the whole reason he did this was for attention, clearly. So, um but he basically got his way into Nintendo servers multiple times through like different phishing techniques. He would like reach out to employees specifically and just do really creepy, weird things to get information. Um, he would get files and and proprietary developer tools and information that hasn't gone public. He was he's responsible for um, basically getting a lot of information about the Switch and the eShop before it was even announced. Uh, so. The FBI has been after him for a while, but he also didn't make it very difficult to find him because he he was extremely hot headed and would just brag on Discord and Twitter. He had a special Discord just for his hacking stuff, and he would just put his name out there. He was actually confronted by the FBI in 2017, and he went on Discord and just joked about it, hmm. <laughs> which if the FBI comes after you, do not go and joke about that. That's, that's no. pretty serious. You know, they don't they don't play around. Um, But then he just continued in 2018 and 2019. So this last June, so June 2019, the FBI raided his his house. This is a young person, by the way. I think he was like 19 when he started. Um, And the FBI got all of, you know, their hard drives and found a ton of proprietary Nintendo files and a lot of other illegal things that I'm not going to get into, but definitely things that, you know, he's going to go to jail for. Uh, And he probably realized that very quickly. And um, the 21-year-old hacker pleaded guilty just this, the end of this last, uh, the end of January. And he's agreed to pay almost $260,000 in Nintendo as part of a plea agreement. And prosecutors are also recommending a jail term of three years, which honestly, to me, that sounds very light compared to what he should be getting for all of the stuff that they found that he had. Um. But at the same time, yes, he's young, so maybe they're going easy on him because of that. But even still, like the $260,000 to Nintendo, that's nothing to them, I feel like, money-wise. And for him going in and stealing information about the Switch and the eShop and, and giving it away, like it just... Oh, and also the information when he gave it to people, he would also include malware in those files. So not only was he hacking Nintendo, but he was causing issues for other people that he would give the information to. So it's just really messy and weird. And this person is terrible. <laughs> so I'm glad that they pleaded guilty, but it's just just crazy. I'm glad that, that they finally stopped him. Yeah, I, I think that 260, the 260,000, while it's nothing for Nintendo, I think it's more his punishment, right? So while it may be nothing for Nintendo, it may be a lot for him. And that's probably all he could like they could get out of him. I hopefully they went after him enough to stop him from doing this. And I highly doubt he's he's learned a lesson, but the additional yeah. things that they found, the illegal images and videos that he had, those things I think are the more severe beyond what is he he was doing to Nintendo. Those are mm-hmm. more severe. And absolutely three years plus the additional fines. He should be getting charged for all of that because it was bad. You know, he had he had a lot of 
bad stuff. He was going after a lot of different people, not just Nintendo, but he was obviously, like you said, he had the malware and stuff that he was putting into other people's computers. So who knows where, how far he was willing to go, but I mean, enough, enough with the hacking of, of Nintendo. Like, what are you getting out of this? Like, give me a break. You can't do anything valuable. That's what you're going for. (laughs) What a joke. (laughs) If you're that good at hacking, do something good with it. Don't just yeah. hack Nintendo. I mean, what they do to you. <laughs> yeah, what they do to you? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Made delightful games for you. Speaking of delightful games that we all want to get our hands on, those games are expensive. I think we can all agree that, you know, $60 a pop is expensive. Yeah. That would mean that some people want to go to third-party online marketplaces to maybe buy a cheaper game. I've, I've definitely done the same thing where I've said, okay, I want this game. What's out there as another option because I don't want to pay the $60 and would look into something. One of those other services is called GameFlip. And they market themselves as an online marketplace where anyone can sell codes for digital items. So maybe, I don't know, birthday, I get a, a digital code and Mots buys me a digital code, but it's the same, same game, right? You're only going to use one. How, how, what do I do? I sell that on this game flip. Totally legitimate. Maybe make a little bit of money. I can put that into a different game. Not a problem. Well, what's happening is people are buying those digital codes, using them on their Switch, and then it fi- they, they find out unknowingly that those codes were bought with a stolen credit card, and that credit card charge was then reported. It gets traced back to the digital code, and the person that bought it gets shut down. Nintendo completely shut down their Switch account. And then it's about trying to figure out, well, what do I do? How do I fix this? Nintendo was actually contacted and they said that they, you know, they're they're all about providing the best service. They want to make sure that people are able to have as much fun as possible. They do they take this stuff very, very serious. They have adjusted and updated their fraud policy. So at one point you were shut down. Hardware was shut down. Switch itself was shut down. You couldn't even go on your switch anymore. Now the account is shut down. If you want to use it, you still have to create another account, but you then have to go through the steps of providing some sort of proof that you really weren't trying to be malicious. You weren't really trying to cause any problems. You just bought a game for cheaper and this is where you're at. So I I don't know. This is a this is a tough one. I don't think it's cut and dry. I don't think this is a black and white situation. What do you guys think on buying these third party games? Do you think the, the Nintendo's a little too severe? Do you think, you know, they could be worse? I think that it it's tough on the customer to not let like they shut down their entire account. So if they did buy any, say they bought full price Breath of the Wild beforehand, they can't even access that game anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're you're punishing your customer for like something that isn't really their fault. It seems like something that Nintendo should be investigating on their own and not punishing their you know good loyal customers for things like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, what's happening here, right? Is let's say that credit card does get stolen then all the all the different charges get reversed so then nintendo's out the twenty dollars but they're still paying the publisher the twenty dollars you know and then that could lead to higher game costs i don't know what microsoft's or sony policy is um i know that we looked up the steam policy that was in the article 
But uh, this is similar to what I've done in the past, which is use plastic jungle, which is a way of selling your, you know how you get gift cards every year from yeah. like, your aunts and uncles. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what am I going to do with these gift cards? I don't need to go to the Olive Garden over and over again. I've, I've mm-hmm. gone once. I've already <laughs> ate so much salad and breadsticks that I'm yeah. stuffed for the year. So I'm good. And I'm just like, I don't want any more Olive Garden. So, but you can go to plastic jungle and you can sell your gift card. So you, you'll get, let's say you have $20 gift card you'll get $15 for it. And then someone buys it for $18 because, you know, every dollar counts. And, and I agree. And mm-hmm. I've, I've purchased gift cards on there. So you go like, I'll save 20%. Who doesn't want to save 20%? Absolutely. But of course, it's up to Plastic Jungle to validate those the, that back chain and, and understand that. And also there's this trust in that person that's selling it that they're not going to write down that and cash it in online. So there's this 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 two way trust. So it's really tricky. And you really can't win, to be honest with you, because uh, you have to have faith in people and you have to have faith in game flip and you have to have faith in Nintendo. So there's a lot of things. So you're, you're putting yourself in the circumstance when you buy anything third party, right? You go on, you go on Craigslist, you go on eBay, you go on X, Y, Z, but there should be some consumer policy in place that protects the buyer, the consumer at the end of the day. Uh, like on eBay, if you buy something used and it's completely busted. You, you can send it back to them or PayPal will refund you. And, and that's the, that's the that's the the that's what e- PayPal and eBay's you know that's uh, the role service. in the game. That's the service mm-hmm. you're paying yeah. for yeah. a service, uh, and that's why they take a thirty percent cut, and that's why Nintendo takes a thirty percent cut or whatever cut they take for the game developer. So, like you said, it's it's not a cut and dry situation, uh, but I think that you know, it shouldn't be the person's fault. Uh, mm-hmm. In general, you could give them some sort of warning or flag or something like that you know in general but i think you made a, a great point though this this ultimately should fall on game flip as a service game flip should be responsible where if if i buy a reduced priced game a digital code thinking it's on the up and up thinking it's legitimate i'm playing my game i my as far as i'm concerned my part in this contract was complete i did what i paid with a legitimate credit card bought my legitimate code, at least what I thought was a legitimate code and downloaded the game and I'm playing it. But why should I have to pay the price where Nintendo should go to GameFlip because they obviously saw that there was the game flips involved in the transaction. Nintendo should be going to GameFlip saying, okay, you're reimbursing us for the full price of the game. And then GameFlip needs to go and get that money back because mm-hmm. now that makes GameFlip maybe more inclined to do a background check when somebody's trying to sell a game. It makes yeah. them more thorough when they're trying to get these sellers to to sell on their service. You know, ultimately, you can't be punishing the person that's using your service legitimately when the chain is broken way up on you know in all the different links of the chain are broken ahead of them so i think that if gameflip was more serious in what they allow and they are like a paypal where they kind of back it up and they have some sort of guarantee that you know you buy a game here the game is yours we will either pay the full price or whatever that would be a better way that'd be a better service in general yeah i agree i mean the and the, here's the here comes the issue is that uh when that happens, then GameFlip goes out of business, right? Because they're probably on razor thin margins. They're yeah. probably, mm-hmm. and then that I mean, that's the that's the trade off, right? And, and, sure. and unfortunately, um, that's the cost of doing business sometimes. And sometimes, and yeah, it, yeah. It, there's no there's no win. There's no no everybody loses in this situation. So people stop stealing credit cards and buying fake codes. That that's really. 
That's what <laughs> yeah, that's, honestly, how much are you really saving? I bet you it's probably something like five dollars. It can't be that much money that you're saving on a game. Mm. Well, but then again, that's putting the blame back on the consumer, and it's not the consumer's fault for wanting to save even five dollars, even well, a no, dollar. But, but I think the consumer should be aware that things like this happen, and maybe that's Game Flip's responsibility. I mean, I don't, I haven't used them, so I've never bought anything from them. I don't know if any there are any pop ups or or purchase agreements or anything like that where they need to say, you know, this happens. You're taking a risk buying this, just giving you a heads up. Which again, yeah. you know, back to what yeah. we said before, a game flip probably wouldn't do that because then it would deter customers. So it there's no real right answer right now, I don't feel like. <laughs> yeah, there is no well, we'll see what hap- what pans out. Maybe Nintendo and mm-hmm. and everyone else will get on board and game flip will maybe game flip will do something. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Well, even though we can't agree on a solution to that problem, we all can agree that there are way too many Fire Emblem characters inside of Super Smash Bros. Right? right. <laughs> yes. yes. Too many of them. In fact, Sakurai-san himself agrees that there are too many Fire Emblems characters um, in Smash Brothers itself. And the dude made the game. So um, in, a, in a recent Famitsu column, uh, Sakurai discussed how DLC characters are chosen, which I think is very fascinating. There's been a lot of them. And he also discussed how so many and why so many Fire Emblem characters are there. He said, and I quote, there are too many Fire Emblem characters (laughs) and there are too many sword characters. I too understand. However, these things are already decided. So we move forward. The things I should be thinking about are elsewhere. So (laughs) I was like, all right, cool. I mean, so this obviously means that Nintendo or somebody else has decided these are the characters. These are the ones that are there. So uh, he said to differentiate um, um, Blyce, uh, is it Blyce? I think Blyleth? 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 That's how I've been saying it. (laughs) Yeah, it's Blyleth. The new one is Blyleth. Blyleth. It's it's also a lot harder than Roy, Marth, and Robin. But uh, he said he can use a bow, (laughs) axe, lance, and sword. That's how he's differentiating them. Uh, Sakurai says he doesn't personally um, get to choose his favorite characters. And Nintendo makes those, um, you know, decisions. And uh, and that makes sense. You know, Nintendo's making the partnerships with the other companies. You know, um, I'm just I I'm waiting. And I heard, you know, rumor mill, you know, maybe a little Master Chief, maybe a little (laughs) Sora. (laughs) I mean, if Sakurai is not making a decision, what's the what's the the people decide? Yeah, the people decide. Let's just throw our hat in the ring here. I think there should be three Nintendo dispatch uh, skins for me skins for the three of us in in Smash Brothers. Get yeah. on it, Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, get on it, Nintendo. So yeah, I, I agree. Too many, too many. I, I would almost say there's too many people in general in Smash Brothers at this point, but Pikachu's been there since day one. That's my go-to. Yoshi. There could be just yeah. Pikachu, so I'm I'm totally fine <laughs> with it. Uh now we do have some good news, actually. We have we have something that I'm I'm familiar with this this series of games. And I'm sure many of our listeners are, and that is Kingdom Rush Tower Defense. We are actually getting a trilogy of Kingdom Rush games coming to the Switch. And I think this is pretty exciting. Iron Hide Game Studio is actually kicking it off with the second game in the series, which I think is a little weird. We're going to be getting Kingdom Rush Frontiers, and that's later this month. Now, if you're not familiar, it's a tower defense, kind of got this cutesy... um, cartoony style to it really really well done i've actually been playing the first one for a long time on my phone i've never gotten rush frontiers 
but I've heard that it's it's more of the same, if not better. You know, they've obviously built on what they did with the first one. So some of the features that go into this game, it is a tower defense game. So there's strategy involved. There's 16 legendary heroes. So you get to choose your different hero that you want to play as. You can uh, train their abilities. You'll get different sort of play styles built off of that, depending on how you build them out. There's tower upgrades. If you've never played any of these games, it, what happens is you place a tower uh, an, a line of enemies comes through and that tower has to destroy those enemies. Every time you go through, you can either upgrade it or you can place more towers depending on what strategy you're going with. So there's different upgrades in, in this, like many tower defense games. There's many, many enemies in these games, over 60. There's boss fights. So you'll get through all the different waves and then this giant thing comes through and basically beats you um that's what happens to me every time is i'll get through all the waves and then the the boss just destroys me uh there there's just a lot there's different different game modes there's different difficulties which i think is is great i'll probably play it on more of a normal casual gameplay but there is a veteran mode if you're really hardcore there's an in-game encyclopedia so you can learn about all this stuff and really study and learn the best way to do stuff and it does say that it's optimized for controllers which is the one thing i'll be interested to see because i'm used to playing on my phone so obviously the touchscreen they don't they do not say if the touchscreen is utilize on the switch which i think would be nice uh but we'll see it could be really well done with just the controllers i don't know this is launching the 27th of february and it's pre-purchase on eShop the 13th so very very soon i think it's the day after we came out with the podcast uh there's no there's no uh price right now but i will say that kingdom rush frontiers is i think two dollars on your phone so i'm hoping the this whole trilogy is around 10 at, at most because you know obviously they're going to get some switch tax in there but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely keeping an eye on this. I'm excited for this. I like these games. I just don't want it to be too, too expensive. I'm a little nervous mm-hmm. on to, to see this price. We'll see. I, I, I did watch the trailer for it and had me, had me a little excited. So it's good to hear that you were so in love with it, which makes me actually kind of look at it. Uh, also, yeah. I probably wasn't going to. So It's a uh, really, <laughs> really well done. You know, the tower defenses are kind of hit and miss. Though at least the one I played is really, really well done, and I'm assuming this is too, and it is a lot of fun. Nice. Well, a game that was sometimes fun, sometimes not fun, <laughs> uh, Damon X Machina, which is really hyped up on the Switch, uh, a game um, published by Marvelous, uh, is no longer going to be a Nintendo Switch exclusive, which I think is okay too. It's a finally going to come to Steam. Now, this did have um, decent kind of mixed reviews, I would say, when it launched in September, and it had... I thought was really nice, like multiple um, the trial runs and had a demo available. You could really try it out. Um, unfortunately, it really came out at the wrong time, wrong time, wrong place. I think the demo was rough. Uh, Michael and I both talked about in the podcast. We streamed I think it. We streamed it. Yeah. Yeah. We I really did enjoy. I think if it was a game that was cheaper, I, I probably wouldn't be against buying it if it was on sale for 20 bucks or something, you know, and giving it a try because there was a lot to it. But it, it it didn't. I wanted it to speak deeper to me, but I, I definitely had some issues with it. Uh, but they said that finally, hey, Exceed, I'm oh, sorry, Exceed uh, Games is one publish, publishing it. Um, not not marvelous. Um, are bringing it to the PC. So it'll be available on Steam. Uh, basically, when this podcast comes out a day after on the 13th, uh, you could do it. So. Uh, they're going to give you, uh, if you pre-order it, so you've got one day left, you get a pre-order skin. Uh, the game will be reduced by 20%, down to $48. 
Um, players that pick it up will get um, in the first week, we'll still get 10% off. So you'll get it for like 54 bucks. Um, there's also going to be some exclusive um, um, merch in the game, some outer suits, some other weapons um, that will come with. And the, the, the DLC will be available uh, for purchase sometime after launch because all that stuff's available for the, the Switch. But I don't mind time exclusive, by the way. So time exclusives are fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever, you know, and it's it's still kind of a console exclusive. So that that's also fine, too. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had its time. I mean, if, yeah. if you didn't get it already, it, you know, you you weren't that interested. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I think it makes it makes perfect sense, too, that they would go to PC only because remember the survey results from like it was like a GDC survey that they did like two weeks ago. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they even said like the majority of people are interested in PC games. So it totally makes sense. If something doesn't do well on the switch, bring it to, bring it to steam. Yeah. <laughs> it makes perfect sense y- to me. So. Yeah. But I, I, I don't want to give the impression though, that it was because the switch isn't a good place to play it. I think if, no, if we I remember, think it that demo was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, there a, was lot a lot of stuff. Of- yeah, so it's yeah. not like Steam is going to suddenly fix this problem. I think it opens up the market and maybe they'll get some of their sales. And the game could even improve over time. A lot of the games have been improving over time. But right. it's one of those things where you know they were advertising, oh, we're doing all this stuff to entice PC gamers. Well, you should have done all that stuff to entice Switch gamers. That's where yeah. it came out first. Yeah. And you came out with a full price after playing a crappy demo and then minor changes on that. So it was something mm-hmm. that we were excited about. We actually struggled it we talked about it and it was kind of like we're doing all this so we can improve stuff and they improved it in such minor ways yeah. that it was like well th- that was all bs you didn't do anything you just wanted people to say yeah this is so great we're excited when you barely changed based on those demos you know the gameplay was sort of stale it felt very clunky i know when mm-hmm. i was streaming we had this final boss fight and matt or Mats and i are watching it. i'm going through and it's like okay i'm just done like I, I got bored and it was like this crazy big battle and it was just like i just want this over with i'm sick of playing this game and yeah. You know, I think it's great that they're including all this extra stuff, but you should have done more to entice the Switch gamers, you know? And I thought the same thing. Yeah, I thought the same thing when going through the notes. Like, where was this when it came out on the Switch, when it was an actual exclusive for Switch? Like, I feel like all these things should have been more for the Switch than the PC version. Like... (laughs) I'm totally in agreement with you, Mons, though. I have no, I do not care about sort of, you know, a lot of people harp on like Microsoft when, when a system comes out, oh, they don't have exclusive. I don't care. I don't care at all about exclusives. In fact, I want to be able to play on whatever console that I want and I can play with other people no matter what console they're on. That to me is gaming. That to me is where like the future of gaming should be. And the fact that people fanboy over crap is so ridiculous at this point. If you want to play PC and you want I understand that certain certain systems, certain play styles are better and are more advantageous, sort of like PC, you know, keyboard and mouse is better for maybe first person shooters because it's just a better, you can move faster. And I get that. But if that's just not what I want to play on, I should at least still have the option to play against people that are. And if I get my butt handed to me, well, that's my, that's my choice. Like Fortnite does that. A couple other games do that, you know? That's that's where I think the future is. And so this going to Steam, well, great. Let them play this game too. Let let everybody mm-hmm. have all the games. Like, who cares? Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, let's move on to some, you know, more exciting speculations in our, our rumor mill section this week. So, you know, as we've mentioned previously, we record these on Sundays. So when it comes out on Wednesday, some things happen in the news. And, um, you know, maybe a Nintendo Direct will come out by that time. <laughs> <laughs> um, there have been leaks over the last week that there is going to be a Direct in February, maybe two, maybe 19, maybe 30. Who knows at this point? But there, there is going to be some sort of Direct, it seems. Uh, there have been a couple leakers that have confirmed it, Zippo and Sabi being the two most prominent. Um, so we're going to do a little speculation. If the Direct has come out, um, that will be funny. <laughs> but so it looks like uh, one of the speculations is they're going to do a deep dive into Animal Crossing New Horizons because it is coming out March 20th. They haven't done a direct deep dive on this game yet. They've talked about it here and there, but no real like nothing's really been shown too in depth about the game. So that makes perfect sense. I mean, look at how many directs they did for Smash Brothers. And then it's two months out for Animal Crossing and we haven't really heard much of anything. So I'm, I'm shocked is, that they yeah. have it. Yeah, I, done me like too. 10 of them already for Animal Crossing. Shocked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they learned from uh, uh, Smash Brothers that maybe it wasn't the best thing to do. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I know, I know for at least for me, we've we discussed it when they were doing that. You just get burnt out, you, you get, get overwhelmed, and just like, yeah. man, I, okay, I get it. Let me just play the game. So maybe they did yeah. learn from that. You know, we're a little over a month away from the release. So I think now is the time to kind of build up that excitement for. Animal Crossing that isn't, you know, I, I think most people are already excited for it. So maybe they just don't care. They're like, we know you want this game. You don't need to be hearing all about it. Yeah. And also the hype that that came out from the the special edition console. People are definitely excited for this game. So, yeah, I think that's probably at the top of the list is one of the most likely things. Um, next, a lot of people are like, oh, we're going to hopefully see Zelda Breath of the Wild stuff. I highly doubt that because the sequel it's now been pushed to 2021, sad face. But uh, one thing that was brought up was potentially Mario Kart 9 because we haven't actually gotten a new, like truly new game until 2014 when it came out for the Wii U. The one for the Switch is just, you know, made for the Switch. So I think that could be likely. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, you know, I think Mario Kart 9, I mean, Mario Kart 8 is still selling amazing. And yeah. I don't, I, I see a Mario Kart 9 would be an E3 direct announcement. It's too big for just a random direct, in my opinion. I think that's a bigger possible. game that needs an E3 announcement. I think, though, too, it's 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 possible just because Zippo, when he did talk about Animal Crossing New Horizons coming out, he also said that there's also going to be first ever details for other completely unannounced games. So there is potential for something we haven't even heard of yet mm -hmm. um, being mentioned. So. I would like that. Uh, that would be exciting. Yeah, yeah. Another possibility is more information on Metroid Prime 4. It's probably too soon for this, though, because it's, you know, it's had setbacks and then it's coming out again and they get set back again. So it'd be nice to get information about that, but it doesn't seem likely. Uh, next up would be New Horizons. They've given it a 2020 release date, so it might get information about that. Um. Possibly information on Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion bundle because they just gave a vague date right now for June 2020, unless that's changed. But they could have an actual date for that. Maybe some information about Pokemon Home since that is supposed to be coming out sometime in February. Um, but other than that, there's nothing that anybody else has really talked about specifically. No leaks for anything specific. So 
I was wondering if you guys had any speculations. I personally, because they said unannounced games, we did see that information that was leaked. Well, not really leaked, but they were getting um, approval for Bioshock for Switch mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago that we talked about. So it'd be really interesting if they announced something Bioshock related. Uh, yeah. That would be like best case scenario. <laughs> I mean, but what do you guys me- think? To me, Bioshock is a good place for this, you know, if they mm-hmm. do am- announce the trilogy coming to Switch. I also think that while we most likely, a Metroid Prime 4, a Bayonetta 3, those are E3 titles. Oh, yeah. So to me, those mm-hmm. are E3. Um, you're not going to see, you know, gameplay. You're not going to see all this data for, for Metroid Prime 4 in in the first switch of the year or first dis, dis, whatever they call it of the year. Um, I do think though we could see the Metroid prime trilogy announced for this, um, um, for this direct, I could see something like that maybe being announced because mm-hmm. obviously there's still a long time before we get Metroid prime Four. people know it's been rumored for quite a while that the Metroid prime trilogy was made for switch and was like, good to go and mm-hmm. it just hasn't happened yet so i could see that bundle being announced like oh you know here you go for the next year year and a half two years until to hold you over but uh bioshock would be awesome that would be a really cool one and i think it'll, it'll yeah. be a ton of indies i do think that they would probably have two they'll have one that's all animal crossing like they did with smash and then they'll have one that's more uh just just general here's the year and review site so like here's what you can look forward to type uh direct yeah, I mean, from my perspective, looking at the games that came out this week, uh, I just would like some more double A titles, triple A titles, A yeah. titles. Uh, <laughs> I like all the indie stuff that's coming out. But then at the same time, I, I'm ready to, to, I guess, spend that $60 on something. Yeah. So uh, get some that, heavy hitters. Yeah. So that'd mm-hmm. be nice. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong because looking at the best sellers, it looks like. People just want indie titles, so we'll go. <laughs> I think, like you said, that's 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 all there is right now, though. You know, that's yeah. that's what yeah. we get. Yeah, I think everybody is just kind of waiting right now, except everybody, except for maybe me and you, Michael, uh, for Animal Crossing. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's going to yeah. be a big one, and maybe that's why they're winding down in some of these releases, you know, because they know a big, big game is coming out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Sure. They're ramping up for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so speaking of bestsellers, uh, I'm going to take you to the top 10 bestsellers of this last week. Uh, first is Cuphead, second, Overcooked 2. I'm surprised that's still in the top because I don't believe it's on sale anymore. Um, third place is Thief Simulator, fourth is Stardew Valley, fifth, Minecraft, sixth, Super Smash Brothers, seventh, Animal Crossing pre-purchase, uh, eighth is Celeste, ninth is Just Dance 2020, and 10th is Tokitori. Tokitori. That's fun. Whatever it is, or however you pronounce it, it's really cute. <laughs> uh, and then for new games in the top 30, it seems like Thronebreaker, last week it was in 26th place. This week it's in 21st place, so it's actually going up. So uh, clearly us talking about the podcast made a difference. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yeah, we, we we boosted the sales for that. You're welcome, totally. Thronebreaker. I mean, yeah. little known Witcher series. So uh, I'm sure it was serve. mostly us. Yeah, mostly <laughs> yeah. us. Oh, Oh, it's like it's the we see these same titles like Stardew Valley, Minecraft, Smash Brothers. So yeah, yeah, cool, good list, good quality games, mm-hmm. and some more that we may see added to that list. We got new releases that we're into for this week, and it's kind of slim pickings here. I see that we've all checked one coming out on February fourteenth. Mots, do you want to just give us a little rundown on what we got looking for that uh, for that day? Because everything else not so good. <laughs> Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, we, 
Oh, God, this week. Uh, I was very excited because I was like, well, it's my week back, and there's going to be some games to talk about. And you course, missed last week. I had great last games. Last week was a lot. This week yeah. was dry. <laughs> Terrible, yeah. So this week we have uh, Darksiders Genesis, which is a action-adventure uh, two-player co-op game with online support, which is really cool. Come from THQ Nordic. This game is obviously um, just kind of finally coming over, but you uh, are able to play, yeah, Basically, everything that you know and love from Darksiders, but with a friend, because who doesn't like playing with friends? And this game truly um, is based off the events of the original game. So it's kind of a story arc um, side by side it. But what I like about it is that this is the first time in, in the franchise that it's a co-op play, but it sort of has that top down. Um, Christina put in the comments here, uh, and I agree, like uh, Diablo-esque style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Darksiders itself is usually like a really tough game, hard game, things like that. And this is a little bit more camera zoomed out, less, uh, th- you know, close first or third person view and more top down, um, um, angle, kind of like a, a wow esque or mm-hmm. Diablo or that, that sort of point and click action adventure. But I like that it's the co-op. So I, I marked it cause I love any good co-op game and it's only uh 40 bucks. So that's not bad. Um, and that's really cool. Yeah. Coming on the 14th. So. You and your loved one can pick that go. up right on the uh, the Valentine's Day. So good V Day purchase. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and it's been out only on previously on Stadia and Windows since last year. So on this day is when it's coming to Switch, PlayStation, Xbox. So we're sort of getting this game hand in hand. Everything else. So it's not like this is a game from 10 years ago, right? This is a, a newer game that's coming out in the dark siders theory. So I think that that's really great. So really cool. Yeah. I'm excited for this one. I love the look of this was dark siders. Cause there's two games that are similar. Was dark siders the, the demo that you and I tried and we were just like, Oh, this isn't for us. I cannot remember. One of them felt very heavy and, and was like, uh, sort of dreary. I don't think it was dark siders. It could have been something else, but it, it had, it? No, we didn't stream it, oh. but it was a demo that came out and Mots and I had discussed it a little bit. And both times mm-hmm. when we started it, it was just like, wow, our our head is not in this type of game. It was very heavy and just like mm-hmm. like the characters are big and kind of just like it was a lot of weight in your motions mm-hmm. is the best way I can explain it. So it was just kind of like a had a you know, like a Skyrim look, right? Those have a very mm-hmm. sort of darkish look to it. And it just wasn't where I think either of us was for for playing games at that moment. But Darksiders versus this is a very different like style and i really responding to this darksiders genesis i really like the diablo look of it the isometric top-down look i really like sort of the colorful um palette that they're using some of the stills from the screenshots they are very much like battle chasers which i'm currently playing and it's a very sort of colorful world a lot of a lot of uh it's just much brighter than what i was expecting it to be and I, I like that. I th- also, Darksiders Genesis has very positive reviews on Steam. So it's doing really, really well. And it seems like this would be a, a really fun game for all of us to play and try out. I think this would be a blast. I think so. I yeah. agree. Yeah, it, it looks very different. I'm trying to find in our list of games what game that was, because I don't know if it was Darksiders. I don't think it was, it was Darksiders. It was something that sounded like Darksiders, if I remember correctly. It was... Um... I can't think of it now, but it was something like that. It was, I don't know, very heavy and maybe because I'm just thinking it was dark. So I'm thinking this is dark as in the name. Maybe that's why I connected the two. But this one looks good, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I thought it looked really well done. I'd never heard of the original Darksiders, but when I saw this, it was, you know, I thought it looked nice and fun. And um, that's, yeah, so I put a check next to it because it looks pretty cool. Yeah. The only other one that I was on the fence about was also a, a Valentine's Day purchase. And I kind of went back and forth. It's a $50 game. So it's it's definitely you're pushing towards the top with this one. Mm-hmm. And that's Snack World, the Dungeon mm-hmm. Crawl Gold edition this one reminds me of portal knights very colorful if anybody that was like sort of a hit did really really well uh really really colorful sort of rpg kind of fun looking game i like that you can create your character so you can actually style them if you want and basically you can work with you know online or couch call it with other people so you can do some co-op stuff and it's an rpg game with just a little bit of a twist and it's meant to be sort of fun and kind of less intense more of just you're gonna have a good time with people and i like that i like that aspect of it and the gold version is basically because you get all of the downloadable content that was originally in the japanese version for free so you get to do that you get to create your character kind of run through some dungeons as a team and just have a good time it's it just looks funny and kind of cutesy. Uh, it's going to be a check though, because I, I don't want to spend the $50 right off the bat. I'll definitely wait until this maybe goes on sale, but it, mm. it definitely, I like the look of this a lot. Yeah. And also portal Knights is available on the Nintendo switch and a demo available. And the game we were thinking of was dark souls, dark Maxi souls, dark Siders. Oh. So close. I was so close <laughs> that dark souls was definitely not in our wheelhouse. So sorry, dark Siders, <laughs> dark souls. There you go. There you have it. That brings us to everyone's favorite part of the pod. What you been playing, Michael? Oh, well, thank you for asking. I have been playing... (laughs) I have been playing Pokemon Shield again. And not to do the story. Thank God I'm done with that. But it's to do some of the extra stuff that's come out. And one of those things is Toxtricity, I think is how you say the name. Toxtricity. Toxtricity is actually a it's they're do they do they did an event because it'll be over by the time the podcast comes out, but where you have a Gigantamax version of it. So it means it looks different when it's in its Gigantamax form. And I wanted to catch it. So it's currently going on. Today's the last day. Sunday is the last day. And uh, I went on there, caught him. And now I've got this cool new version of a Pokemon that I actually like and use. It's not one of the weird ones that I don't care about. And while I was getting that, I was also able to get my very first shiny ever. So I'm super, super happy. Yep. Yep. It was a big day. It was a big day. I got my first shiny. Super, super excited about it. And again, that was another one where it was a Pokemon that I actually use and really enjoy. And that's Flygon. It's a ground dragon type. And uh, yeah, it's cool. The colors of it are really, really cool. It was in a Mm -hmm. raid battle in the wild area. And I knew that it was the Pokemon. I, you know, I knew it was a Pokemon that I wanted anyway, because I use Flygon. And when I saw it pop up in the raid, I'm like, oh, good. Usually the raid battles, you get better versions of the ones you've leveled. So I'm like, well, I might as well check it out and get it. And then it popped up. I'm like, whoa, that looks a lot different than the one I have. And it was my first shiny. Yeah, I was like, that is exciting. So um, the the AI that was working with me tried their very best with Magikarp to catch it. (laughs) And despite (laughs) their efforts, I was able to get it mostly on my own. So thanks, AI, for using Magikarp in a raid battle. What did you use to get it? Do you remember? I don't remember. No, mm. I don't remember. Something amazing, okay. probably. I you actually, been- you know what? It, I think it was 
No, I don't remember. Because <laughs> you've been wanting a shiny for a very long time. I mean, who doesn't want a shiny? To be honest, to be fair, who doesn't want shiny Pokemon? If you're if you're a trainer trying to be your very best, I feel like you need shiny Pokemon. Yeah, that's my next step to get all shiny EVs. But oh god, I don't even. <laughs> Good luck with that. I have too much of a life outside of it, unfortunately. Yeah, I I <laughs> that I, will not I will be very happy if this is the only shiny that I ever catch. So well, I'm, I'm just happy that it happened. Well, um, congratulations. Other... I'm happy for you and Flygon. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I feel like I won Pokemon now. I, I did it. I won Pokemon. Um, <laughs> and then the other game that I'm currently going through is Battle Chasers. I'm still plugging away on this and it, it's hard. It's really hard for me to kind of be excited because I this was one of those games that I was really, really into and I loved it for like the first 50 hours. And now that I'm trying so hard to like finish games as opposed to start them, like them and then move on to other games. Um I, I want to finish this and I it, it's hard for me because I have several games that have, are just sitting on my switch that I'm really excited to get to. And yeah. when I go on battle chasers right now, it's a lot of grinding. Each level is very heavily weighted. So if you can't beat a boss, you basically have to grind, 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 level up once. And then most likely you can beat that boss. But the leveling is very time consuming. It just takes a long time to earn enough XP to level a character. And I'm kind of just in this weird just playing the same thing over and over and over and not really moving the story, not really doing anything. And it's just, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a grind literally. And it's not that enjoyable of a grind. It doesn't feel like a lot of progress is being made. And I think that's ultimately the problem when you get into games like this, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the end game of this. Cause I, I, I think I'm close. I think I'm in like, almost there maybe another 10 hours of actual game but it's like 20 hours of filler to to be able to move into that and i, I just uh it's hard it's hard but those yeah. are the games i've been playing this week nice cool what about you Mats? well it's been a little slow because i've been doing a bunch of uh, non-game related stuff but i did uh, have the opportunity to pick up a bunch of uh, zen pinball um, um tables because uh, there was a sale um, was a week or so ago. So I decided to go in and the Williams collections were on sale. So I picked up um, almost every single I own almost every single one of their packs now. And wow. Um, yeah. And it was really great because two of the, the two of the tables, both uh, uh, the no good gophers and Circus of Voltaire, they have at my local pinball uh, bar. So I've played these in person before, and that's really exciting is when you get to play them that's in person cool. and you, you see the board, uh, which doesn't happen all that often um, with some of these because uh, Champion Pub has been around Theater of Magic. I've seen before Fish Tales, but some of the other ones like Safe Cracker and Black Rose, I've never seen or uh, um, uh, Tales of the Arabian Night. So it's, it's kind of nice when you get to play it and then and pick it up. And those are done spectacularly. And that's fun because. Then you get to practice at home and then go play and you get to learn the board instead of spending money, um, you know, 75 cents over and over again. But I also picked up the Monster Bash Creatures from the Black Lagoon pack, and that is also spectacular. Those are the ones that we looked at. They look very, very similar, but they're very different boards. But um, hmm. those are coming from um, uh, from the Williams uh, pack, which I'm very excited about. I love that. And then. Also, they announced at CES, Zen Pinball announced a uh, Arcade One Up um, um, Zen Pinball collaboration. So having 
a mini arcade with an LCD where you're playing it instead of being all loud and all that other stuff is, is also exciting. So I'm sort of really got into the Zen pinball. They made some announcements. I picked up the boards. I really like the new boards, especially the, the no good gophers. That's a fun one. Cause it's all these gophers on a golf course and you, it's all golf course related. And you're trying to like, you know, get hole in ones and stuff and play a full, uh, full thing. So that's, that's super duper good. Um, and uh, I started to get back into Pokemon slowly, but surely the last few days, nothing to report on there because I'm still grinding through the story. But I do have a little what you've been playing with um, um, accessory, which is the oh. the Genki convert dock. Do oh. you all remember this at all? I do. Yeah. It finally arrived uh, from um, from the good people over at was it human human things, human things. Yeah. This is the founder Kickstarter edition. Really cool. So if uh, if you have a switch dock, it's big. It's just a large device and they have fit the entire switch dock into the same size of the Nintendo switch uh, adapter wall wart. You know, the, the the thing that you plug in, it's a brick. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. same exact size and it is the power. Um, uh, it is also HDMI in to it. So you or output from it. So you you take mm-hmm. a USB cable from your switch, you plug it into the USB C in here, and then you have a HDMI out for the TV. So an HDMI in via USB C, an HDMI out via normal U, uh, HDMI, and then a USB normal adapter. So if you want to plug in a controller or an Ethernet adapter, or a USB drive, or the the Bluetooth adapter from Genki, you can plug it in right there. All in one. It's super duper nice. It comes with a nice little case. It comes with a nice little um, USB-C cable that's compatible. Obviously, you just need to bring your own HDMI. Uh, And it's beautiful packaging. It comes with a nice little carrying case. I like that. Hmm. Uh, Very nice. It cinches up so you can just throw it in your bag. Boom. Um, (laughs) I haven't haven't tested it all yet, so I can't really tell you if it works or not. But uh, it's it's really cool. So I'm excited to, to give this a try and get a full review up on the site, just like I did for the the Genki uh, um, Bluetooth adapter. So I'm, I'm super stoked. It just came in yesterday. So very excited nice. about it. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. I'm looking at pictures of it. I really like how small this is. So you just plug it in and just go. And that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's really nice. And and they make really nice premium products. So very excited about it. Even the the USB uh, C adapter they give you is all Genki branded and it's mm. nice premium cable. Uh, hmm. I, I just like those little yeah. touches. They could have thrown a cheap little thing in there, but they didn't. So, yeah, it's super nice. Yeah, yeah I like their branding. I like everything they've done. Now, you have their audio adapter, too. And, and and I don't know if we've discussed too much about your thoughts on that. Have you had good experience overall, bad experience? Because it's something I have been thinking about grabbing, you know, um, because obviously with, with like Bluetooth headphones, it's just easier if you can have that and plug it in and do your thing. Yeah, I, I, you know what I'll do is I'll send you mine because. Oh, you don't use it? So here's the thing that happened is on my switch, my, um, my microphone port stopped working. Oh. So what, how I was using it was for Fortnite where I would plug it into the bottom, uh, here or into the dock. And then I would put in their little adapter into my microphone slot mm-hmm. and my microphone slot on my switch stopped working. So. I very rarely need Bluetooth audio at all coming mm-hmm. from the switch. Um, so I just kind of stopped using it because I gotcha. just I'll, I'll plug in. I'll plug in the 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 
the controller that we got, and that will also work for USB audio out. So I'll send you mine. I'll just put it in the mail. You can give it a try, and then you can report back on the pod. Yeah, so I definitely yeah. try it out. That'd be yeah. awesome because it's something I've been wanting to play around with. So that's perfect. We get to yeah, get a great. little more time in with it. Yeah, sweet, Christina. Yeah. So I mentioned last week that uh, we got a code for Seven Sector, and I was gonna play it and review it. And I did. I wrote a review. And um, I'm going to kind of walk you through the gist of it right now. Uh, so Seventh Sector, it's an atmospheric puzzle side-scrolling platformer. Um, but just saying that is what it is, is such a disservice. Because <laughs> the game, it's it's so, just the atmosphere of the game is amazing. I love it. So when you start off the game, you are this dark, shadowy figure on a really static television screen. There isn't really much of like a tutorial or anything like that. It's like four buttons. It's like A, Y, the joystick. And then once in a while, you can crouch with R1 or just R. Um, but that's it. There isn't really much of a tutorial besides figuring out the buttons once in a while. Um, and how you kind of navigate through the environment is you are this little tiny spark of electricity and you travel through wires. But you can jump between wires. You can kind of take over different command consoles. You can jump into electronic devices. So, for example, there's this one part you can jump from a wire to the remote control of a little toy car, and then you become the toy car. Uh, which was like when it happened, it blew my mind because, <laughs> like, oh my gosh, the possibilities of this game are endless. <laughs> So <laughs> I was so excited, but then I tried driving the car around and uh, I wanted to go back on the wire because it was terrible. And that's literally the only negative thing I have about this game is that stupid toy car controls. I probably spent the longest trying to figure out the puzzle that involved that. Besides that, though, yeah, nothing negative really to say about the game. It's amazing. Um, the puzzles are like they range in a lot of different difficulty levels. Some of them are really easy jigsaw puzzles. Some of them actually use math. And I hate math. So the fact that my only negative criticism is the controls that toy car is huge <laughs> mm -hmm. because the, the math puzzles, I actually really enjoyed working on them. I actually had to get like a notebook out and like write things down and figure out codes and stuff like that. It was really fun to do. Um, some of the puzzles are very tedious and tricky. And those ones I did find myself getting a little frustrated at, but it almost made it sweeter when I completed them. <laughs> so it was worth it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's super fun. If you're into puzzle games or even if you're not into puzzle games, I would actually suggest this. I think it's a really good test for people if they want to try a puzzle game. Um, but yeah, so besides that, the atmosphere, it takes place in this world. It's kind of dark. It's cyberpunky, but it's really ominous and, and mysterious. And it's like this dystopian place. And um, it kind of reminds me of the fifth element in the Matrix, but also the there's a lot of like like chinese symbols and things like that so it also reminds me of the uh serenity slash firefly world a little bit mm -hmm. which yeah it's very cool i didn't mention that in my review because i didn't think about it until later i was like what else is this reminding me of <laughs> and that mm -hmm. was it so um and there's no actual dialogue in the game so as you travel through these wires you see things happening in the background that helps you kind of understand the world and the story and try to figure things out uh, so I'm not going to necessarily give away the story because I'm actually still figuring it out. I didn't actually 100% complete the game. I had a couple puzzles still left in the game. So I'm even still learning things about the story. Um, but it's just so immersive 
Because there will be, especially like if you play it with headphones on, because you hear things happening in the background. The soundtrack is really good. It reminds me of Blade Runner. It was, um, the music was created by a Russian artist named Alexei Tromanov, who also did uh, music for the Fallout games, or a few of them. So I thought that was pretty cool. But it's, it's really, it's really interesting. I feel like as I'm doing these puzzles, like I, I'm a little stressed out because I feel like, I shouldn't be there. Like I'm doing something bad, but it's just because of the way the dystopian kind of atmosphere is. It's it's really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, but yeah, I because of the controls issues, control issues with the car, I wanted to give it a 4.9, but we only have um, even <laughs> numbers, so I gave it a five out of five. Nice, absolutely loving the game. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's twenty dollars in the eShop. I feel I think that feels totally accurate but if you don't want to spend that much it's also available on steam for windows for 13 dollars. so nice excellent excellent nice yeah we'll put a link to the review i read through the review as uh i got me excited about it so i'll definitely yeah. put a link <laughs> to the review in the show notes or go to nintendo dispatch.com it's right there there's Check a big it button out. that says reviews boom Check we it made out. it we did it excellent excellent welcome back to the podcast buddy it's so nice to have you back on um good good episode all around yeah, yeah i'll be back in three weeks so and you guys will be back in one week so <laughs> it's like i'm here and we'll then see I'm you gone when we again. see you yeah. that's a tease yeah. yeah just give a give the people what they want throw just them a little, a little bone nibble. and then yeah and then disappear yeah. <laughs> well i love both of you i love all of our listeners i hope you have an amazing week and an amazing nintendo dispatch so feel free to write into us at nintendodispatch.com and uh, tweet at us. Do all the things. All right. I'm out of here. Bye.